pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 17 of the Draft Rugby Show, the show they play in heaven. I'm your host, Kagi. Back after a few weeks in hiatus, I know you missed me. I'm sorry to have left you with the uh, dreadful quality of the boys and the super sub, but um, alas, sometimes we must do these things. Uh, speaking of, I'm joined by both the lads, Harry and Nelson. Gents, how are you? Another crack around of Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, how'd you both find it? Fantastic week and uh, happy to say I'm no longer the worst fantasy player on this podcast. How good, boys. I'm up and about, that's for sure. Can you just point out who it is, Harry? Just so everyone. Oh, it's definitely Kagi. Come on, it's a gimme, isn't it? He's been absolutely pretending to be anything other than the worst fantasy player all year. It's finally, it's finally happened. He's going to start dieting because the sexy calendar's coming. We won't yeah, spend too long on it, but I'm the only one in the top four. Um, but also, you know, cracker weekend of rugby. Uh, I was actually buzzed. A feeling I hadn't had to the same level, you know, prior to to this week. Uh, rolling into that first matchup of the weekend, and the Reds got it done, and holy shit, it just kept on going from there. What a weekend of footy it's been. This is the the period of Super Rugby. You know, the the amount of enjoyment I've had in this period is more than it has been for a long, long time. Yeah, mate, how good was it? how good was that Reds win to kick off the the round? Oh, mate? It was amazing. I'm still so confused as to how it happened. Like <laughs> they just refused. To let the Chiefs score, it was ridiculous. Mate, it must, have, it must have been the defensive coach, Phil Blake, who lost his voice about two minutes in. Um, he just he got he got into the boys. Um, he must have been smashing them in the change room before the game or something, just cheering them up. So, 100%. I reckon Brad Thorne physically threatened the team, and that's how they got it done. So, um, but no, how good? Uh, and yes, I am scarily somehow on the bottom of our fantasy table, yeah. and look. In my 33 years of living, nothing has managed to convince me to lose lots of weight and get in shape, but maybe the threat of the sexy calendar might do that. So maybe it's just what I needed, you know, my entire this life. Is the, this is the kick you always <laughs> need. The best thing. How did you turn your life around? Well, I was having to do a sexy calendar. <laughs> That's the power of fantasy rugby, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. right Life-changing type of stuff. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get into it. So, um yeah, we won't update the podcasts because there's nothing particularly interesting there. Um, but let's let's you look. Could at almost it. just not mention it, Craig. <laughs> could have almost said nothing. That's true. Could have could have just could have just not read my way down our notes. Um, look, let's get into an on, uh, the entree, which is a review of round twelve uh, for main course. We're going to preview round thirteen to come, and might be locale. We might have a dessert if we've thought of it between now and then. We'll see how we go, but. Um, and screw the Super Brew update as well. Let's just get straight into it. Review of round 12. Um, quick run through the scores, and then I'll ask you guys about the games. But we've already mentioned great way to start off the round with the Chiefs going down to the Reds, losing their first game. Is it Were they 9-0 and zero to start the season? Or were they 10-0? and zero? Uh, They were 10-0. and 0, That's right, yeah. 10-0. So the, the first, yeah. And uh, the Reds, it had been since 2013 that they'd won against a New Zealand side. Mm-hmm. In no, one in, no, in one against the Chiefs and or one in New Zealand, one in New Zealand. Yeah, no. in New Zealand. I think it was beating the Chiefs in New Zealand. No, I think it was any New Zealand team. No, I mean, look, if in we, New Zealand, we're not really in doubt of that. So yeah, no fair. Anyway, massive, massive achievement. Um, who knew that it was uh, going to be up to the Reds to stop the Chiefs? But um, yeah, what a performance from them. Um, 
well, I guess we'll go through it game by game. But yeah, for me, it was just, it was physicality. Like they just, they absolutely smothered the Chiefs the entire game. Like I have never seen such consistent line speed. It was unbelievable. It was, it was absolutely cracking for them. Like really, really good to see. Um, what was a bit disappointing was in Drua not being able to make that flight over do well against the Force. Force got that one 34-14 before another game that was a little disappointing. Yes, it was a Moana B team, Moana Pacifica. Good to see them get some people on the paddock, but they went down to the Canes 71-22. to Just a couple of tries in that one. That's, yeah. That is a huge couple of games now because that makes 100 and... What is it, 80, 50, 130 points the Hurricanes have scored against Moana this season in two fixtures. Yeah, and look, that that game, what, adds up to 93 points. And this next match, Crusaders Blues, there was 18. <laughs> Crusaders take it as one. But two two very different games, though, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. And I've got to say, the funny thing is, the one with 18 points probably had more really outrageously ridiculous tries that shouldn't have been allowed as well. The Tamighty Williams knock on, mate, crazy. There's no way that that was a try. But we digress. The Tars, how, how good. The Tars, three in a row, 38 to 20 over the Rebels, looked in trouble and came home so strong to come over the top of them. Half time, I thought we were absolutely cooked, if I'm being honest. I thought the Rebels were the far better side. It was only for Monte Ioani bombing two tries that we got away with any kind of close uh, close match at half time, 15 mate, that, 18. That, that... That game was never in doubt, even being down 14-0 about 10 minutes in. You know, we backed the boys. Tars had it in the bag the whole time. But, yeah, scoreless second half from the Rebels. Huge. Well, speaking of never in doubt, the Brumbies versus the Highlanders. Jesus Christ, they looked like they were going to go real close in that one. But it was about the last 15, 20 minutes they blew them away and the Highlanders just couldn't stick with them. It was almost like the whole game the Brums looked like they weren't that motivated. But once they realised that they might actually not win the game, they're like, all right, boys, like, Turn it on. It's time. We can't actually lose this game. Like We've got a shot at first in the actual regular season. We better actually start playing. And they just kind of went up a gear and the Highlanders couldn't go with them. But 48-32 in that one. Another good game to finish the round as well. Yeah, it was good to see. And that, um, that actually makes it four Aussie wins from the last six matches against Kiwi rivals, which is something you love to see. And, yes, you can, you can bank on it. I'm saying the last six. Not talking about the last eight. Not talking about any other number. The last six, there's four Aussie wins. Um, but yeah, we also had four Aussie wins in this round. That's that's the first time I I think someone put it up on Twitter. It's been a very, very long time. It was like 25 no, yeah, 2015 or 2013 or something since we've had four Aussie wins. Mm. Um, obviously it's pretty hard to to pull off, but yeah, we had two wins over Kiwis, a win over a uh, Fiji side and and obviously the better Aussie team out of the Tars and Rebels one, so that's what matters. But <laughs> and look, it begs the question: like, when are New Zealand going to centralise their system entirely so that they can compete with us? <laughs> I just... we, look, we've always owned that. Uh, you know, we 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 present the stats that favour Australian sides when they favour Australian sides. It's rare <laughs> that we get to say these kind of things. But no, this uh, is not a biased podcast. So I won't accept that. Uh, okay, of course. Now, um, Harry, you you were going to talk about Subaru actually. Yeah, I just quickly, quickly touching on the uh, the man that has led the competition forever. There can only be one still ahead, two points ahead of Sensation sitting in second. But there's been some movement for the Bronze. Year of the Tars jumps up to third. How funny is it that the Tars three game winning streak <laughs> is aligned with him climbing up the table? So 
Brad Breath even on points with him now, but up the year of the Tars, I've got a favourite on the tipping as well because it ain't me. So congratulations to those I three. Thought, I thought for sure one of you were going to claim it. It was going to be your second or third account in this uh, tipping pool. But um... I think the person that runs the account may be able to just prove that. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. Very good. Um, well, talking points of the round. Um, yeah, Harry. The biggest one here. Oh, Harry, Harry will want to talk about it. It was my That's point. Awesome uh, but I'm going to steal it off him because I was watching this match and Harry was not watching it live. And I'm sitting here going, Harry is going to be so excited if he watches this game. Sammy Penny Finau playing on, basically playing on the wing. He was dropping back for, you know, kicks and things as well. They were trying to give him ball in space, give him ball on the wing. And he made an outrageous amount of runs. 18, I think it was, from memory, on the on the original tally. Yeah, it was 18 runs. Yeah. He also got injured maybe three times in that match and seemed to keep on kicking um, when there was not much much left in him. But um, that was an interesting tactic, not not something I think we've really, really seen, you know, Sammy Penny or other people use to that extent out wide. Well, he, he's a very special talent as well in that he grew up playing fullback. So it's just suddenly he had this growth spurt, became massive, and they went, well, you can't, you're too big to be a fullback, son, so get in there. And um, anyway, they they used him. It, it takes a team like the Chiefs with that kind of creativity and also the ability to to have, leave him out there. But and, I think, um, God, he was awesome. I do think that you see a lot of loose forwards sitting out on the wing, but it's more all like the old Dane Coles role, you know? Like mm. they used to just throw it to him at the end of a, you know, close to a line to try and barge over or something like that. But they were just using Finau so, so much. And I did realise that late in the game, Natalia Koi came on and they were using him in a similar role, funnily enough, on one of the wings as well. So it's obviously a tactic that they're looking for those mismatches on the wings to have that size just to power over people. I'd love to see Peter Gussett pull steam out there as well. It's it's very entertaining to watch. And as we said, 18 runs. Sam Penifinau also made 16 tackles. So his work rate was just ridiculous on both sides of the ball. And you're right. I was absolutely frothing having picked him up as a, my loose forward for the week. What a game from him. That's it. Yeah. Harry and I only talked about whether we should pick him up for about half an hour, and uh, and I decided not to. And um, I could have won the round if I hadn't. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Yes. How good. Um, Nels, um, uh, the Drewer. Yeah, mate. The, the interesting just a fact out of this one is they're yet to win two on the trot um in their short career uh we won't include the mrc when they won i think they might have won two seasons on the trot so we won't count that um both in super rugby um yeah they had an absolute cracker last week and the travel and things obviously proved to be a little bit too much this week hopefully they don't bounce back too well in this week coming we'll touch on why that is later but um yeah it's just an interesting one they're, they're showing that they can beat the top sides but to, to be, you know, really pushing for the chockies at the end. They need to uh, get a couple in a row. I'll tell you when they'll win two on the trot, when they get two home games in a row. Uh, that's yeah. when that's when they'll definitely win two on the trot, mate. Um, but they may, yeah, finish. They, they may finish with They them. left a few players at home and things like that, you know, a few ifs with injuries and whatnot, but um, true. Now, the Reds, we talked about the Reds uh, win, first win on Kiwi soil since 2013 to no end. Um, a major achievement, like we said, oh. just... I've got one question on this. Does this turn their season around or is this the uh, the exception, not the rule? No, it doesn't change their season around. Um, Absolutely I think not. They lost does... Jordan Bataille, so yeah, no. What, what I think it does do is it gives them a bit of confidence and a bit of a boost, and it's something that I think some of those players have been playing with confidence. You know, Mick Wright, Tate, uh, Wilson, they don't need any any boost of confidence, but there's other blokes around the paddock that I think this will give them a boost. 
And especially in you know, it might reflect in in the Wallabies when they they play for the Wallabies and have that confidence against the Kiwis. So it had to happen, and and I think it's really really good to see. All and, of that, uh, you know, we, to answer my own question, we did oh, say that the the Indrua would score their first two wins in a row when they had two home games. Well, their last yeah. two rounds are in Fiji, and the last game is against the Reds. So <laughs> I mean, by that logic, it can't have turned it around. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say all, all that all that the Reds winning does is it proves when every coach says, "Mate, we can beat any team on our day." Uh, it's proven that that statement, that type of thing, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, four Aussie wins. We talked about that. How good? Uh, and... Point we already done, mate. Um, mm. There's one more to throw in here. If you look in your background, again, we we say that each time you should be watching this on YouTube, not just listening. You've got which brothers is it behind you, mate? Talking about me, I've got the Yuani brothers. Is my background? Yeah, you're the only one with with brothers in the background. Yuani brothers and Akira. He had a he notched up. Was it a hundred this this week? Um, and they, you know, I don't know if you saw the Blues doing the hucker in the sheds for him, and he gets back into it, starts doing the hucker back, and it was it was awesome to see. A absolutely great part. I actually um, haven't seen that yet, so I'm super looking forward culture. to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Frankly, I couldn't believe that he only played about 10 minutes uh, in that Crusaders game. But uh, anyway. I didn't write this down, but I think Akira scored three. Sorry, Artie scored three on the weekend, didn't he? He did. He did, but I'm about to touch I believe that took him to 52 tries. No, sorry, 32 tries. Definitely not 52. 32 tries and made him the highest scoring forward ever for the Hurricanes, which I can only assume he overtook Dane Coles, who also has a million tries. Did we did we talk about on the pod uh, Julian Severe equaling Falau's record? Back we to, did, we did, mate. If you listened, yeah, yeah. Um, that was very smooth of you, Harry. So we're we're going to roll into the fantasy man of the week, and that is Artie Savea with what a hundred points. He had his three tries, as Harry touched on, two line breaks, eight tackle busts, three offloads. He made eleven tackles in twelve runs. Geez, he is hands down the best number eight in the world, no questions. Uh, I mean, I, I love the thought of going maybe you could get him back in seven one day, but he's just too good. You just leave him at eight and you pick him in front of anybody. Seven or eight, mate. As far as I'm concerned, best seven or eight in the world. Doesn't matter what position. Yeah, he's just the best forward. In but the he's world. best back row. Right. He's the best forward. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Notable ones as well. I'm going to go Sam Penny Finnau, my boy, 79 points, never doubted him. Jock Campbell, 76 points, first start at fullback. And I thought he was exceptional, not only from a fantasy perspective, but also just his decision-making. Like, his kicking game was exceptional as well. He had a, an absolutely brilliant game and kind of showed the form that we uh, that earned him a Wallabies test last year. We also had Falau Fainga'a scoring 68 points, two tries. They said that they uh, that he was only meant to play 50, but his Achilles was going well, so they pushed him for 60. So hopefully that doesn't blow him up and hold him out from next week. And then Falau Fakatava got 66 as well. By far his best game for a long time, I thought, for the Highlanders as well. I thought he looked very dangerous when he ran the ball. Wasn't Falau's problem specifically an overuse injury of the Achilles? Like, so uh, yes, it absolutely <laughs> was. And they, No, but, it, you know, the physio said it felt good. And, you know, despite the fact that tendons, when they're warm, don't hurt, so it would be incredibly hard to say it felt good, it did. So run with it. Excellent. All right, the super sub. We had Matty Fessler coming on, 39 points um, in Brad Thorne's masterclass of decision to change out his entire front row before halftime. So um, yeah. very I good. I believe that they scored him. a try just before halftime, just after as well, didn't they? Like, yeah. changed the entire game. Looked like the best coaching decision of super, of the season, basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> 
Um, and then the Captain Mud Award. Uh, we had the captain of the Blues, Dalton Papali'i, with minus seven points after bagging himself a red card for that hit on... Um, who was the hit on? I am... Um... I added in one more award this week, and it's Captain Mud Fantasy Coach, and it's just an appreciation of how bad your season has been, Gargi. You are Captain Mud Fantasy Coach of the Week. Every week. Excellent. Every week. I mean, technically of the year, because I'm now on the bottom, so, you know. It's, um, it's the year's not over. We won't do that to you yet. All right. Well, with that uh, bombshell, let us, uh, let us kick on to the main course, and let's take a look at Round 13 to come. So uh, we've got two games on Friday night and we have, to kick us off, Moana and the Crusaders, which, you know, will obviously be a fairly one-sided affair. Moana to blow the Crusaders off the park. Um, hey. Nels, do you want to take us through? There are plenty of upsets at the moment, so I wouldn't be so sure. Moana <laughs> have been looking solid in parts. This is back to their A-team, mate. So uh, in terms of Crusaders injury, Joe Moody came off um after 10 minutes with an ankle injury. He's actually played, I think, four in a row, meaning this would have been his fifth um, anyway. So there, there was a chance he was going to get a rest. Tomighty Williams, he limped off late. And again, he's been playing really, really big minutes for them as well. No one in the returns column except for, not from injury, but the entire team, basically, for Moana that got, got rested um, for, for last week. But... The, the big question for me is this center pairing, I guess, for, for Moana because they've had a few guys fill in there. They've had a few chopping and changing. Toala looked really, really good there, given his shot again on the weekend. Henry Taifu's looked good first. I think we've seen him from the yeah. year as well. So do we do we know what that looks like, Harry? Do you, who, who partners are more? I mean, it's D'Angelo Leia, isn't it? We, I mean, we like that. Well, I, I just think if if you take off every other thing from the, that whole match, and that is that they literally played their entire B team, they chose not to play any of their top stars. I that has to be the logical conclusion. I it would surprise me. Like Danny Tuala might be the exception coming back from a little niggle or something like that, just trying to give him game time. But I, I think that's probably the one question mark. Like not another player in that team is going to get another run. But yeah, um, yeah Leula. Leuilia, I can't even say his name. It's killing me. Um, sorry, get, help me out. Just stick with his first name, D'Angelo. I was saying, but, yeah, um... D'Angelo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he uh, he he has been very good. So I, I think there's definitely competition in that jersey for sure. I, I would I'd be surprised if Danny Tuala doesn't start back there. He seems to be the cl- the clearest number twelve choice. Yes, um, and D'Angelo provides that really good cover off the bench because he's actually a ten twelve or fullback. Um, I think he's even played wing for a little bit. So. Um, yeah, so apart from the centre pairing, I think yeah, I think you nailed on the head. I think we uh, we'll have the entire team essentially swapped back to almost a week ago. Um, so we won't go through the full lineup, but just literally look at a team list from a week ago. Um, and I'll, 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 in a very mean way, I'll go through the entire lineup for you about four seconds. <laughs> Those two blokes themselves are the entire team it's of any Fair play. They are just. And that's not even saying that's not being mean to the other players. But those two players are just out of this world. They are about seven players each. Um, I, I do love that during the game on the weekend they're going, oh, you know, that's why the Moana Pacifica are the number one team in post contact meters. I'm like, no, it's absolutely not. It's Tavern Tavern and Almoa and Almoa. Like it's those two, and they're not in the team. It has nothing to do with anyone else. 
Oh, how good. Um, well, this game clearly is going to come down to, I think, uh, to set pace for mine, really. Um, the Crusaders, I mean, beginning last week's game against the Blues, against the Force, they just, you know, delivered that kind of clinical masterclass where they just dismantled the Force at the scrum, at scrum time, got a penalty, kicked the touch, and then were scoring at will off lineouts with Brody McAllister bag himself three tries. Um, I expect to see them following that exact same recipe relentlessly against Moana uh, this week. So it's going to be about how how, how can Moana stop that, really? So they've got to show up at scrum time because um, otherwise they're just going to be pinned back in their own half the entire game and it's going to be a really tough night. Do you see any any difference to the strategies? I just think they need to get off the line and actually put some pressure on the Crusaders. I, I don't see how they can possibly compete unless they can slow down the ball and take space away from their electric back line. You never know, Ethan Blackadder might be back this week as well, this week or next, I think. So, you know, there, there's some more danger there for them as well. But really, this is uh, this is going to be danger for them. And I, I think it might blow out. It was 38 to 21 when they met a few weeks ago. And at that point, I think they were missing, you know, their entire back row and the majority of their back line as well. It was pretty much just Richie Moe and Fanga and Nuku. Uh, running around in the back line. So, geez, it's going gonna, gonna to be absolutely stacked. Yeah, look, I mean, which players get a rest? I mean, the the Crusaders come up against the Tars next week, so we'd prefer them to rest all their players then. But, I mean, we've got Moody, who we've already touched on, Moonga, Havili, Enor, Fainga, Nuku, all who have played four games in a row, meaning this would be their fifth, and they'd be forced to rest next week. For me, like uh, surely they're giving them a, a fair few of those blokes a rest. You'd have to think so. You, you, you don't you don't rest all your players each week, but you, you'd have to you'd have to rest a couple, right? Like if we look at the the Chiefs last week; they rested three, left a few out there. I think the Crusaders go a similar route; they'll pick maybe two or three, give them a rest. No, I think they're all resting. Everyone, you reckon? Yeah, Joe Moody's not playing; he's got a tweaked ankle. Richie Moonga is not going to play. They'll have Fergus Burke at ten. Havili won't play. They'll, you know, the only thing I would say is they've got both Havili and Enor dual rest, so maybe they won't play both centers down. But Jack Goodhue's obviously going to get start. I wouldn't be surprised if they played Dallas McLeod at twelve. I was going to say Nuku can't play. So you know, let's be honest. It's going to be settle down playing this week. Come on, come on, finally, please. So Harry, what's your tip for this one? How's this one going? I think that the uh, Crusaders are going to win it by probably 28, uh, call it 32 points. Nels, what do you got? Um, I haven't looked at the odds like Harry has yet. so I haven't actually gonna... either, but I will. Um, look, yeah, it, it's I'll, I'll give Moana a bit of a boost here and I'll say Crusaders are going to win this one with their B team by about 20 points. 20 the line points. is 25 and a half for the record. And you know exactly where I'm going with this. Harry said 32. I'm saying Crusaders will win this by 33. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Get that out loud. Um, all right. Next game. The Reds and the Blues. Uh, as we've said, is the Red season back on track? It's a time for them to knock off another big name. Uh, now they're back home in Suncorp. They've taken all the positivity in the world. We'll see. Um, injuries to report. Lawson Crichton for the Reds. Uh, he went off with a concussion, so... With the return to play protocols, probably we'll see him sit out this week for the Blues. We also saw Jock um, O'Connor come off late. Uh, I think I don't know if he was cleared or not, but that sounded like that was for an HIA 
Um, he well, didn't seem very happy about coming off either at that point. Oh, James O'Connor, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was at the very end. Sorry. He was... Uh, that's true. Um, yeah, we, so we might have to keep an eye on James O'Connor. Um, and then for the Blues, Don Papali'i with his red card, you know, I, I guess we probably expect to see him sanctioned and probably banned for three weeks. 100%. It's got to be three weeks, doesn't it? That's, that's what every one of these is. He'll play mm-hmm. guilty three weeks. See tackle technique. Is that, is that, yeah, that's right. Go do his tackle technique. So what's that? He messes around 12, 13. Tackle technique gets him back for quarterfinals. If he doesn't do that, he's back for semis. I don't know if he's got that option or not. Yeah. Oh, no, there's three weeks left. There's three weeks left. There's three rounds left. Yeah, sorry. There you go. So back for quarters, he'll cop that straight away. Perfect. And uh, Sam Darry went off with a broken arm. So his season is done. Um, And shame. um, Yeah, that pressure. Yeah, he was having a good season. So I guess we'll get to who will be replacing him in the row in a bit. Um, returning for the Reds, uh, Josh Fluke, come back from a quad cork a couple of weeks ago, um, and also Taj Annan um, from a concussion. But um, obviously Taj probably won't, his services probably won't be required if Josh Fluke is back. Um, and no one really returning for the Blues. So yeah, in Suncorp, Reds on a high from last week. Uh, can they continue that momentum? Um or the Blues are simply going to be too much? For, for me, I, I I noticed Tom Liner. When he comes on, I think he actually uh, steers the ship around a fair bit better for the Reds. And, and with James O'Connor at 12, they're, they're three from four. Um, I, I'm pretty sure their last four matches he's been there and they've won three. Um, so between the two of them, they're, they're going to help lead that team around a little bit better than we saw early on in the season. But, I mean, to... to Back up last week and get a, a win against the Blues would still be something very, very special. Um, but I, I like the look of, you know, Liner and Jock 10-12. That's just calming influence there for for Liner, who, who's been very solid when he's had his shot. Um, and we touched on a few of the, the Reds players really, really staking claims at Wallaby's jerseys over the incumbents. Um, so, I mean, the, the Reds are going to be here ready to fire. Yeah, I think I think the big thing is there's just that selection headache now of we just picked the most random backline we could find and they've defended their hearts out, you know, not to take anything away from the forwards who were just as impressive, but and the backline was just completely out of position and exceptional at doing it. Like, does Filippo Dungunu get another crack at outside centre now if Luke's not quite right? Because he did a bloody good job. Like, I thought he looked dangerous in attack. He was solid in D. He looked hungry as anything to take the opportunity. What? what? Uh, I mean, the, I think the answer is no. You're not going to stick with Mac Greeley, do you reckon, at, on the wing? I think I agree with you. I think it's hard. When you've got, got Dagunu goes back to that left wing, Just he's just an absolute electric winger. And, and Fluke has been fantastic. So I think he'll be a pretty quick slide straight back. My worry is if James O'Connor's not fit, though, then where do they go? You know, do they just put Fluke to inside or, mm. you know, what's their next next backup plan? Otherwise, Tarjan and all of a sudden straight back into the inside centre role as Henry, well. Is Isaac Henry fit? Because, I mean, here's your answer. We've I'm, been hanging around for him. Like, I, I, I thought he was going to be fit a few, uh, maybe in the last couple of weeks, and we haven't really heard much about him. So definitely a possibility, but no confirmation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I was going to say, what do we think of? Uh, I think we can expect to see Harry Wilson back in to start at eight. But Sarah U had a great game. Um, you know, do we do we think we'll see him feature somewhere in the row? Maybe again, they've been kind of using him in the row throughout. Sarah, I, just, I just think that maybe they've remembered how good he can be, and maybe he gets twenty or thirty minutes at the end of the game to actually have a crack in the back row. 
rather than being wasted playing 80 in the locks where he just has to play tight. I think that's the lesson. I don't really care whether they play him for the first 50. Yeah, they definitely, I think, his work in tight and in his scrum work and things like that means he doesn't have the energy it looks like or, you know, the license to to get around the paddock, which has been disappointing. We've been waiting each week. Like he was in my fantasy team for for some some time because we just know how good he can be. Um, if we jump across into the blues, there's a couple of question marks um, on who to pick. Harry, we've got Haka Suofoa, who are both, you know, maybe Suofoa is looking the the guy who's probably been performing better. Who would you pick between these two and why? Yeah, to, obviously to fill in for Sam Darry. Darry. Um, I, I would, look, as a lock, I would probably pick Tucker personally, whereas I think Suofoa really impressed me the most when he played in the back row, which is where he plays most of his domestic uh, footy for New Zealand as well. So that's what yep. I would do. And then you've got Suofoa on the bench who can cover so many positions as well. Um, but I, I think the Blues will go with Suofoa in the row. That's what I think will happen. You think he'll get in the row? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll see Suofoa starting in the row. Um, and with, with Tucker covering on the bench, uh, maybe even uh, particularly now that Dalton's gone, you know, that might uh, see Choate start at seven, Akira starting at six, and that might see the big red dog, Tom Robertson, move to the bench because he can kind of provide cover for everything there, you know, six and at lock. So wouldn't be surprised if we see Tucker and Robinson on the bench. Yeah, yep. love it. Um, the um, big one, uh, the battle for 12, uh, Harry Plummer, who um, has been playing very, very well at 12 and seemingly have been holding out Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. Um, I don't know. Do we see how do we see that evolving? I just think that I, I my my big question is how much are they taking away from this loss against the Crusaders, where they were unable to get ball number one. So I guess you can't blame any twelve for that. First half they didn't touch it, and number two they weren't able to get any kind of momentum to move forward. Having both Bowden and Plummer at ten and twelve didn't manage to get them in the right part of the field. To actually get possession back. So what's the what's the big benefit in the big games if that's not going to be effective for them? You may as well have someone that can bust the line and offload and actually create a scoring opportunity from anywhere on the field. I agree with that, to be honest. I mean, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, when he returned, it was against Moana. Um, and I think they just they snuck that one by one point. Um, so it's probably not the, the, the big thing, you know, looking at the, the result in those matches. But... He gives them a lot of go forward, and and I think you've summed it up nicely. If Plummer's not the one who's getting you around the paddock, um, what what are we watching him for instead of watching two of us who can break a game open? Yeah, you you feel like RTS is your one hundred percent. You're getting game line every time, and Harry Plummer's just that second playmaker, and you know fielding some of those cross field kicks and things like that. So, I guess it just depends on how you want to play. But um, yeah, surely. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Plummer because it gets more ball to Rico Ioani. Big fan of that. But um, no, it would be yeah. I, I think you know there's a little bit lost with RTS just because they're a bit sour that he's leaving back to to rugby league and whatever. It's hard to. I think so. you know, Buggy, mate, this is on you this time, so no outliers. Who wins this one and by how much? Look, sadly, I don't think that uh, there'll be any Reds mana from last week. I think the Blues are going to take this game. I think they're going to be angry after their loss last week. Uh, I think the Blues will win this by, I'm not going to go as big as, I'm going to give the Reds some credit. I'm going to say Blues to win it by 14. Still over the line. Um, Harry? I'm going Blues by 12. Is that, is that the exact line? Is that what the... 
Look, I I actually like the sound of this because we're we're giving we're giving the Reds a bit of a crack here, and mm, the, yeah. and, which is good. The Blues haven't been uh, tearing the world apart in the last couple of weeks, which is also a positive. So the Blues are going to get it won and get it done, and they're going to win by thirteen. I'm going to the opposite <laughs> target technique, go straight down the middle. He darks himself. He's <laughs> level of uh, precision. I love it. Yeah. Very good. All right. Um, well, that moves us on to the Saturday fixtures. And uh, kicking us off, we have the Highlanders taking on the Rebels with the Highlanders back at home. I don't know if this one's under the roof or out. It is. Um, oh, under it the roof. Is. I've checked. Uh, good. Um, no, well, also, we actually spoke to Callaway at the end of the game on the weekend, and he was pumped to get under the roof. He said it's a lot of fun. Yeah, how good. All right. Well, Harry, do you want to take us through injuries for this one? Yeah, Josh Dixon came off really early with, like, Zero fanfare whatsoever, zero announcement. It was just like, oh, yeah, Josh Dixon was subbed five minutes ago and we're only six minutes into the game. Um, so we don't really know yet what's happened there. There hasn't been any. And we have no locks as well at that point already. They have literally no locks. I think Barry Parry, who's um, hopefully going to be back, he's, he's had a virus and lost a lot of weight over the last two weeks. So, you know, he's got some work to do there, but um, hopefully he's back. Um, Aaron give it to Smith. Me, Jesus. Sorry? I said, can he give that? Can he pass that bug on to me, please? Yeah, that's right. Um, Aaron Smith has his uh, back from his All Blacks rest. Same with Ethan De Groot. Um, they rested Sam Gilbert after having a really big year so far, and will tuck up potentially back from his concussion, which would obviously be very much needed in the locks as well. Um, on the Rebels side of thing, they had Carter Gordon come off really late in the piece with a knock to the knee. Apparently, he's had a bruise through the back of the knee for basically the whole season that he's been managing. Could not tell with the way he's been running. Um, but, yeah, just got a knock, flared that up, and they said that by getting him off, they thought they were a pretty good chance to turn him around and get him back for this weekend. So I'm not sure that that's, you know, 100% confident, but obviously they're pretty happy that it doesn't look too severe. Yeah, that was one of those bittersweet moments where, as Tars fans, we were stoked that we were winning the game. But when Carter Gordon went down, we all went, oh, no, please don't. Please be all right. But um... He's really involved into our hope. You know, we're like, we, I was saying to Harry previously about um, obviously we want Quade Cooper and Quade Cooper fi- uh, firing, but if he is not firing, I throw Carter Gordon in at my 10 for the Wallabies in the World Cup. He is that good at the moment, and he really steers this side around. Um, for the Highlanders, you know, the obviously we talked about a few people uh, missing and a few changes. Uh, we don't know what's happening with Dixon. But we could end up with another makeshift lock clearing. We had Frizzell there last week. We had Renton come on into it and Marino Michele Tu'u come on to the back row. Do we see um, Michele Tu'u come back into this back row, Kagi? Look, I think we do because we probably, you have to see a Shannon Frizzell rest this week. You know, they had to, they got the exemption. So you were saying no. you, you know, shift. Well, look, um, if they have Parry, Parry, Parkinson and Will Tucker back, if they have two locks back starting, then, you know, they'll they'll probably have to rest Shannon. He got an exemption last week to play a fifth or sixth game in a row, whatever it was, uh, probably sixth game in a row, I think. So you'd have to think they'll have to rest him this game and that would see if they have the locks back. And um, or even if they don't, you know, then maybe they have to chuck Marino um, in there or someone else. But um, I, I think we'll see Michele too playing which is something we'd all like to see. You know, we just want to see more of it. Not um, me. No, held him for 12 rounds. As <laughs> soon as I sacked him, he gets a big run. Not me. 
Harry, you still <laughs> love him, mate, even though he's not in your fantasy oh, team. All right, I love him. You got me. Look, they, they didn't get a win last week, but there's something that's turned around for the Highlanders, and that thing that's turned around is Jonah Narecki is on the field. Uh, <laughs> geez, he came straight back into some good form. I think he looked pretty promising uh, last week, and he may have scored off a clear knock-on that somehow got missed, even though they looked at it and looked for it. Um, but he has got his jet shoes on. Uh, I, I do think maybe he's kicking the ball too much. Like, just, is that because you no, want him to kick it never? Yeah. Oh no, he can kick it when he's going to score a try himself. If he's, that's oh. fine. I'll let that that happen. But, <laughs> but he, he I think you're right, Nels. He's he's a genuine game breaker, and it's just something they've been missing. You know, like they, don't get me wrong. I've had some some all right outside backs. Like Sam Gilbert's been fantastic, things like that. But they just haven't had a genuine game breaker, individual brilliance type of thing. And boy, was he showing that last week. So he's basically not played for a year and a half. You know, like he missed all, all or most of last year and he, he's only just really returned. That was, that was his first start, yet he got 84 metres, three line breaks, three tackle busts. He scored himself a try. He, Yeah, he is uh, he's a superstar for them. Yeah, he is, absolutely. On on the other end of the, the spectrum for them, we said Ethan de Group back. Jermaine Ainsley was benched last week for a bit of a rest. Those two guys coming back in again with, I assume, Makaleo at uh, Hooker, that front row has been absolutely exceptional for them this year. And I think it's a real point of difference that they're going to have to lean on because it's an area of the game where I don't really think it matters who they come up against. When they've been informed, they've been arguably the most dominant scrum in the competition. And I, I think that's somewhere that they have to really try and press against the Rebels, who, although I think they've got a lot of depth in their front row, I don't think any of them have been able to stand up to the same height of top, top quality that the Highlanders have at their best. It might finally be time for the Rebels to start the uh, caboose and pony combo, put put the big boys on uh, and, and Wallace, Wallace again, uh, although he didn't seem to do that much last week. But um but I just mean put your biggest front row on. So, yeah, true. I think they'll be good. Um, did we talk about Freddie Burns? Not yet. We have not been, um, we, do, do we think... Yeah, uh, Freddie we... Burns. Hmm. Harry, you were saying he looked a, a little bit more sure-footed, a little bit more stable and, and, and confident guiding the, the team around last week? Yeah, I think there was a couple of moments that he he didn't look, you know, completely convincing. But in a new side, I thought he was really good last week. I thought that he controlled the team well, kicked well, made good decisions and just got them into the right area of the park. And I think his form in that first 50, 60 minutes was a big part of why they went as well as they did. Uh, I think it'll be hard to drop him, to be honest. Mitch Hunt, probably not his, not had his best season. We know at his best he can be, you know, really quite solid. But uh, I, I think Freddie Burns is going to be a big part of this game. If they can play solid front row, Man up in D, Aaron Smith controlling the game and Freddie Burns just pinning the corners. I, that's not a bad template to start with. Well, we've now yeah. sent his first tackle assist of the season after 332 <laughs> minutes, but he's kicking at 70% and he's tackling at 55%. So there are a couple of things there that kind of throw a little bit of spanner in the works. I mean, I don't uh, think he's been good all year. I said he was good on the weekend. No, I'm, I'm just that's... saying he, his defence isn't good. and It's actually woeful and his kicking hasn't been very good. So... Um, that's, an, the, that's an English 10 for you though, mate Tackling optional But um, no, no, I, I think he was very good And particularly, no. look, Falao Fakatava obviously had a great game last week But um, I think compared to Mitch Hunt He just seems to give that back line more time and space He just kind of really is a calm head But he just seems to It just seems like he he has more time and space I don't know, it's like he slows down 
can make better decisions. So you combine that with Aaron Smith back as well. And yeah, that's a pretty formidable pairing. If um, just what that can give to the rest of the back line and really unlock it. So loads of experience. Mm. On All the right. red side of things, guys, what about Matty Phillip? Two weeks ago, it was an outside chance of playing. He must be getting very, very close. I want to see Matt Phillip back and having a run around because I think there's no, uh, there's no guarantee that they're going to play finals, although I hope they do. Mm. Um, the, the games are starting to run out. I want him to get some time and get his opportunity to put his name forward for the Wallabies. It's a pretty exciting back row partnership with Hosea Canham and then throwing Philip back into the mix as well. So that's yeah. becoming a real strong strong point for the Rebels. Yeah, well, that, I think that's one of the things. If we do see Philip, um, you know, unless unless they want to arrest someone, I think we'd see him from the bench almost because uh, Hosea and Canham have just been brilliant. Um, Canham particularly has been... Hey, let's be honest. If he was fit at 100%, he walks in as their starting lot. Canham has been great. Hosea's had one or two good games that hasn't been consistent. Matt mm. Philip is by far their top lock, regardless no. of Canham's form. I, I agree with Targi. I think he has to come and work his way back from the bench, and he'll do it in one week, but he has to start on the bench and, in his first week. And this is me saying that, and I've kept him my fantasy team because I'm backing him to come back. So I want him to start badly, but uh, I just think that the way the other guy's been playing, you kind of have to bring him back from the bench. But although I do I do concede, yeah, he's got three games to, to show some footy if he wants to make the Wallaby squad. Otherwise, he's not getting picked by Eddie if he's not playing footy. So... Um, Anything else for the Rebs, really? Uh, Monty Iwani, is he going to catch any passes to score some tries or um, he, he just feels like he'll this, this week, I'm, I'm all about him scoring some tries again. So, yes, uh, I hope he does <laughs> catch those passes. The, the first one was actually not a great pass at all, but it definitely was compounded by the second one, which probably wasn't that bad of a pass. We should push on. The only last question I wanted to ask about the Rebels, I guess, was um, uh, Stacey Ely or David Felawai, the Romanian rumbler. How do we How do we feel about that? Toss a coin. Toss a coin? Yeah. But if you have to pick one. I I, I want to see um, David Pelaye. What about you guys? I, I do because I'm curious about him. But Stacey Ely's form in the first half was too good to ignore as well. The first half of the season, he was so good. So he probably deserves it. Yeah, I agree. Enough. I was going to say and, Alex Murphy surely back in to start as well. And I can't believe, Kagi, that you haven't really uh, pushed for the Ekawasi at six, Tomato Yuani at eight combo yet. Look, I mean... They just haven't played Tamati Iwani at all that I've almost forgotten about him. You, you, you know, the, I mean, that, that goes without saying, obviously, but... Um, Hardwick's too good. It's a, you know, Hardwick playing at eight has suddenly got people convinced. Like, I was talking to Newbum and Blake at the game, and, and they both thought he's he's enormous, that he's this enormous number eight. Um, he and came I was and chatted like, to us like, after the like, game as well. He's, he's tiny. They both thought he was way bigger than Brad Wilkin. I went, no, Brad Wilkin's definitely taller and heavier than him. And he is yeah. when you look it up. So I was like, he's not a number eight, Richard Hardwick, but he has yeah. been playing some fantastic footy. So anyway, we should move on. Let's get to the Chiefs Hurricanes. Now, oh, this tip, tip, mate, tip. Oh, tip, sorry. Sorry, tips. Okay. Uh, Harry, you go first on this one then. Uh, uh, Nels, sorry, it's Nelson's turn. Nels, you go first, mate. You've been out of the game too long, mate. Um, uh-huh. Look, I think the Nareki factor is enough for the Landers to get the win here, even if I don't want it to happen. I want these good times to keep running with the, the Aussie wins, but I'm going to say the, the Landers will get it one, done, one and done by eight points. Harry, what do you got? I'm going Rebels three, mate. Highlanders sucked all year. Up Wait, the Rebels. Been <laughs> Up the Rebels. I hope you're right. I would love to give the Rebels a chance if they have Carter Gordon. If there's no Carter Gordon, oh. no, look, screw that. I'm going Highlanders. What did you go, Nels? Mate, you're gonna be an ally. You gotta go for a draw. I'm definitely not going for a draw. How, how much did you say Highlanders by eight? Is that what you said? He doesn't know. All right. Well, I'm going Highlanders <laughs> by twelve. 
All right. Wow. Done. Nah, you guys are dreaming. Highlanders at home under the roof. All right. Now let's push on. Exciting game coming up. The Chiefs and the Hurricanes. This should be a good one. Looking forward to this. New injuries to report. The Chiefs, Josh Lord, who I was very excited to pick up in my fantasy team, went off after about 10 minutes with a concussion. So I expect we will not see him playing this week. Uh, Sam Penny Finau last week, surely had to be last week's um, man of the match. I'm not sure if he was or not, but we're calling it. Um he came off at the very end, as I think Harry said, or Nell said, after being injured what seemed like three times down for the count throughout the match. But he finally came off with like a massive head cut, bleeding everywhere. Um, and so you'd have to think that part of that was a concussion to receive that type of blow. So I'm not sure if we'll see him rested, particularly with the likes of some players coming back. Um, Hurricanes, no new injuries to report. But returning, um, returning for the Chiefs. So all black rest weeks for Takiaho, Brad Weber, and Sam Kane. So we'll see them back into the fray. Um, big change. Sorry, that's a big change, isn't it? That is. That's, that's the basically the spine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, with Sam, we've been out. You know, I'm sure we might see Peter Gus back as well. I'm not. Uh, I think he just wasn't. He wasn't even on the team sheet last week. Yeah. Uh, the Hurricanes, no one really to return, I guess. They kind of rested some players with last week's game against Moana. So um, I guess we can think about who might come back. We might see Julian Sevilla, Josh Morby, things like that back in the starting team. But um, I think Dane, Dane Coles and Asapra Moore are the two that everyone's got their eyes on, right? I think Dane Coles have yeah. been kind of expecting back for a few weeks now, but it just hasn't been able to get it over to the line. Um, he was around 10 concussion. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, round nine concussion, missed round 10. They said he still had symptoms before last week. So I don't know where that puts him, but obviously he's not a lock-in by any means. Um, Asafra Moore as well, um, obviously missed round 12 with an elbow injury. We've got no idea how bad that is. So fingers crossed one of those two are fit. And then the other one that I'm keeping my eye on is Dom Bird, who's missed a couple of weeks with illness. They haven't got a lot of locks around at the moment either. So surely he's in and amongst the 23s if he's fit. Yep, sweet. All right. Well, Nels, what do you uh, what do you see going down in this game? Look, uh, the last time these two played off, I think it was seventeen thirty three to the Chiefs. Don't at me if I'm wrong. Um, in Wellington. Um, and and I think really the Chiefs uh, are going to probably bounce back after what happened last week. Uh, the Hurricanes were running around on the school paddock, having a bit of fun in a less serious match um, in, in their eyes. So this is going to be a really important one. They're going to have to have everyone firing for for this one. Um, Harry, is this mate? Have we got a live update? Live update, Brady Retallick was always in doubt for round 12 with a groin injury. So I assume that means he's sweet for this week as well. So okay. it's not actually live. There's no new information. You just have yeah, remembered that now. So. Uh, it's new to the listeners, mate. And if they haven't heard it here, if they haven't heard it anywhere else, then I've heard it here first. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew yeah, Tim Roygaard, he changes that team around for the, the Canes as soon as he comes back into this starting side as well. He has been... An absolute star for them. And, you know, a, a lot of what they've been able to offer throughout the year have been on, on the back of him and, and Adi Savea. Really, the the forward, you know, getting over the line, getting them moving forward, and and Roy Gard being able to either capitalise himself and, and find some spaces or to be able to get the ball out quick to some of the other weapons they have out wider. Yep, very good. Um, I'm going to jump in and absolutely steal Harry's point. Um, will we finally see... 
Anton Leonard Brown and Alex Nankervell in the centres for the Chiefs. Um, and ALB came back last week, uh, sorry, two weeks ago, and he's, he's looks pretty good, pretty exciting, getting into a bit of everything. Um, and then Nankervell, when he came off the bench last week, God, he looked electric. He just got stuck in to everything. So surely they are the first uh, the first two choices in the centre pairings there. Um, I don't think it matters who you put at 12 and 13. Um, I think they seem to to like uh, ALB prefers it out at 13, uh, although he kind of plays more 12 for the All Blacks. But um, uh, I don't think it matters which way. But I, I think this will be the week that we see that in a good test against the Hurricanes. Um DMAC, the question is always 10 or 15. They like to kind of change that around just to uh, unsettle their opposition. But um, what do you guys see for this one? Do you see DMAC at 10 just because he's been absolutely killing it there and that unleashes their back three of Nana Satura, Narawa and Shooter Stevenson? Again, mate, flip a coin. Like I'd love to say that I had some sort of insight on this, but it's just whatever they feel like at the time. I think this is an important game for them. They'll know that they need to win to actually try and lock in or give themselves the best chance of the minor premiership. So they were off last week. They just weren't mentally switched on enough to compete with the very, very motivated Reds. So I think this will be them at 100%. Brody Retallick running over the top of everybody. Damian McKenzie at 10 or 15. It won't matter. Everything will go through him, let's be honest. So I, I think it's just going to be, you know, back to the Chiefs that we've been expecting. I, I hope we see those two centres together. Um, but really, I think the biggest change here is just going to be the mental kind of aptitude of the players. And Kagi, I want to answer to you, mate. DMAC has started five of the last six matches at 10. He's playing 10. Yes, they're given, you know, other 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 times they're, they're making some changes there, but he is their 10, and this is a game that they need to take seriously. So I don't see it being one that they want to, you know, stress, you know, go too far away from the game plan for them. Fair enough. Um Cool. So, yeah, we've talked about, yeah, Retallic back. The last one, just thinking about any other forward selections here. Atu Moli came back uh, last week. He's, mm, uh, you know, we could huge. see. Yeah, exactly. So we could see him into starting. Um, I reckon he'll need a few weeks to get up to speed, surely, with the amount of time that bloke's been out. Yeah, he did look a little, uh, like, lacking a little bit of fitness in the game, to be honest, as well. So, um, maybe, yeah, maybe that's the case off the bench for a bit. Uh, but I think he was playing tight head. He, he's played loose head or tight head throughout his career, but I think he was playing yeah. tight head at the moment. Um, so we could see him. But, yeah, um, no, Takiyaho back. Uh, it'll be a pretty formidable uh, pack. But, yeah, certainly Sam Kane, probably Jacobson and, and Peter Gus, I guess, will be the, the back row in there. Yeah. And on the uh, the Hurricane side, Xavier Nemea, we would think straight back into the starting side. Josh Morby was rested last week and sat out on the back last week as well. So I think he'll come straight in for Harry Godfrey. And then there's going to be surely the rotation of the outside backs. I don't know how many weeks you can put the bus out of the side when he's equal with the try-scoring record. So yeah. could he do it against the to- table-topping Chiefs? I say no, probably not. But I, say no. I hope he does. <laughs> And who 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 if you if you bring back the bus on the right hand side, uh are we are we dropping Rayasi or Kenny Naholo? Who's mate, whose go is it? I think it's time for uh Rayasi to have a rest on the rotating policy. So. Sounds good to me. Love that. Yeah, Love think, to hear it. It's a... I think we said that last week, actually, right? That they uh he was gonna get maybe another run. Naholo was gonna get another run because they're seeming to give each of those wingers a break a couple times in a row here. So did has Rayasi had a, a break two weeks ago? If not, it's him this time. I think he did two weeks ago, to be honest. I think he did, yeah. I think so he did, it's Nahalo. Because <laughs> I think we've already said this exact conversation. So Nahalo is going to get a rest. 
unless he's definitely usurped um, Julian, which I, I don't. I don't think they'll say. Well, he had another cracking game, so he should. <laughs> yeah, true. Sure. All right. Um, now, before we get on to tips, um, do we see, like, is there any any particular place that either team is going to really attack the other in? I mean, I, I kind of see them as fairly equally matched teams in terms of the set piece. Um, they both like to throw it around. So I, I, I think it's just going to be who's better on the day. I can't really think of. I think you just run at Aiden Morgan. Surely that's the tactic, isn't it? Probably. <laughs> It's like, it's like how many athlete. times can the Chiefs run at Aiden Morgan and can that be more effective than how many times um, Cam Roygaard can run at the entire team? And if Cam Roygaard <laughs> can outplay every single player on the field more than they can outplay Aiden Morgan, then we're sweet. Uh, Adi Sevilla is going to at least thrice say, fine, I'll do it myself in, in this match. He, he always does. Um, and for these sorts of ones, he, he picks it up even more. So. <laughs> And this, this time, I've got your answer, Harry. This time, Artie will get over the try line and then he'll wait, give the ball to Julian so that he can score the 61st try. You know what I mean? He'll give it to him. Give it to he him. Would it would happen. It would actually happen. All right. Well, I was stalling because I was trying to think of my tip for this one. Um, but look, I'm going to say the Chiefs will win this. Um, they've just been that good, apart from last week, and they're back at home. Uh, Chiefs by seven. Here you go, small. Line seven and a half, you dirty dog. Sorry, mate. I'll say Chiefs. By eight. Oh, you. <laughs> what are you getting at? By. I'm only doing this because it's Kagi. Chiefs by six. Oh, <laughs> how good you. All right. Well, Nels, do you want to take us into the game of the round, obviously, uh, at Allianz Stadium? I'm sure we'll all be there. Um, Waratahs and the Drua. And before you do, the uh, curtain raiser. How good is the Wallaroos taking on Fijiana? So that's um, pretty good. Saturday afternoon, two games at Allianz. How good? Is that, is that actually the same stadium? Same stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the curtain raiser is it's a test match. So that's pretty awesome. I like good. the sound. Of that. Harry well, and I, I, gonna... I just hope you guys are still uh, still standing by the time that game starts. <laughs> I don't know how many beers you will have had in, in game one, but we'll see how we go. Uh, mate, we we are actually going to do the coin toss at the start of the Tars match, so we will be in fine form by that, just so we know we can flip the coin properly, because otherwise it's going to be pretty, pretty embarrassing. I look forward to watching you trip over on the field. Um, yeah, look, this is, yeah, this could be a banana peel match, and I think that's probably unfair to the, the Drua. The, this, they're going to turn up and, and have a real crack at this one. Um, the Waratahs, they had a new injury to Lalakai for Keddie. Harry, do we have any confirmation of how bad that was? No, no, nothing at all has been released about it. Obviously, just only that it was an ankle injury that he couldn't kind of continue on with. So uh, you would think a week's a tight turnaround for someone that came off the field, to be honest. Yep. Um, for the Indrua, they had Salawa, Kitioni Salawa, rested. Um, oh, Roman he wasn't rested. No, no, he had an injury, and they said that he was he was looking to hopefully be right by Thursday, but they didn't want to fly him and uh, Rabbit Mata over for both the same reason and then potentially not actually have them for the game and disrupt the team that much. So I think both of them should be back, but it's more about um, them, them being right from injury. Tawaki could be the same, Samuel Tawaki, but they weren't as clear on that. Okay. Um, in terms of the returns column, we've got Telani's hopefully coming back from his shoulder injury uh, for the Waratahs, and he is an absolute cracker. He is yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I, I think they they you know he's so important to the way they play the game. Just his game line, his ability to get the game, his hands free as well. And if they've got him and Gleason running H to H close to the line as well, there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of potential to break the line there. I think personally, you know, you, you say that this is a banana peel game. If any thing, I think the Waratahs have done historically very very well against the Fijian and Drua. I think that they seem to have a habit of dealing with the type of game quite well. They get to kind of 50, 60-minute mark and then blow them off the park. So I think they deserve to be relatively strong favourites here, not to take anything away from the, the Fijian and Drua. Like, let's be honest, when they're at their best, they can beat anyone. But I think they should be aiming to be the strong favourites and to win this either with a bonus point or, or, or at least by more than a score. So... Yeah, I, I think it'll be a tough one for the Indrua on the second week of this road trip. Yeah, look, it's a tough road trip. Flying from Fiji all the way to WA and then flying back to, to Sydney. Um, Tars were in Sydney last week, so it's it's not been tough for, for them. But um, it's an interesting one. I think we, we heard that Cooper was extended. You know, he could play the extra games in a row. And it was maybe because of the back of Talani Siru's um, injury as well. He's coming back. We've got Gamble there as well. So maybe is it time that we see Hooper get the rest or do they they confirm him for one more week? I'm, I'm not sure if it's a five in a row. I think they just had to have two two or three games rested for the whole season. So yeah, they, 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 I, don't know. I think they might have softened on that when Eddie came in. They just no, he he had one more rest he needs. Yeah, he got, a week or two ago, he got clearance to keep playing. So right. there was an article about it, and I think it might have included this one, but I thought from memory it probably makes sense that Talani Sio coming back in could, could change that um, because you can bring in um, Gamble into that seven jersey, and and he's been good when he's come off the bench too. So maybe we see a back row of Seal, Gamble, and Gleeson, which you'd love to see. Um, whereabouts do we know uh, Ned Flanagan, Harry, old Teddy Flanagan is? He's he's another one of those ones that's just multi-week concussion. So I'm I'm not sure that we have any clarity about him. The way the Waratahs were at their injury reports, it's like round 13 plus. So mm-hmm. I'm taking anyone with a plus next to their name is probably not back. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's been concussed since round eight. So good luck guessing that one. I think we're just going to have to wait and see his name on a team sheet before we try and claim anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say I'm surprised that they they keep playing Hooper when Gamble's an absolutely you know great choice to stand in to give him a rest for a week. But um, yeah, uh, the next question with this one is if Fakedi's still out um, in the 12 jersey, uh, who are we going to see fill his shoes? Masessi Tuipalotu looked very promising much earlier in the season, but that was before Joey Walton was back from injury. Is it, is it kind of Joey Walton's rights to the jersey and Tuipalotu maybe on the bench? It's an interesting one. I, I think off the bench, they've made it pretty clear that Walton is the, the next man in for them in the last few weeks. Um, I, I think adding some real physicality back into that 12 jersey would be Tuapolotu. I'd love to see him get that crack, but I'd be probably putting my money on that they wouldn't do that and that they'd put Walton in. Um, he's got a, He's got a bit of a kick on him and, you know, it could be a, a real positive for them in, in this sort of match so they can control where they're playing on the field. And then you bring someone like Tupelo to off the bench. So we need to see him back in the 23 um, just so, yeah, we can get him involved. And he, he could come in at 12 or 13 and, and shift Parisi out, which they've done in previous matches, you know, especially through last year as well. Have they played Tupelo at all at inside centre? Like I was under the impression that it's been for Keddie 12, 
Masessi to a Pilotto at 13. I didn't realize that they're actually oh, playing him in that position. Yeah, right. There you go. No, yeah, I, you... I think that's the biggest thing. I think for Ketty out, it's Walton. If Parisi's out, it's to a Pilotto. Right. Oh, okay. There you go. Very good. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking I'd like to see Tua Pilotto have a crack at 12, but um, if he hasn't so far, that makes sense. Uh, for mine, the the um, the random uh, the random spanner I like to throw in the works, which I hope happens, is we see a see Nems back, Nadolo on the bench against his Fijian Drew. I think that would be great to bring him on for the last 20, 25 minutes. Uh, he'd he'd love that, um, and he's he's there or thereabouts. I think he's similarly. I forget what his injury niggle was, but it was. I, I don't know what the latest was. Harry was it? Does he a thirteen plus as well? Or I thought he was like an eleven plus. We just haven't seen him. Yeah, no, he's a 9 plus, 10 plus, 11 plus, 12 plus, 13 plus, but also playing shoot shield at times as well. So I think he's, he's my gut feel is his knee's cooked and he's at the end of his career. And if he's feeling up to it and they need him, they'll play him. So, yeah, I I think it's, uh, while they've got their outside backs all playing very, very well, I think we're unlikely to see him, to be honest. My, uh, My little insight for the pod this week, guys, is that I have from the man himself, Tane Edmed, confirming we'll see him, not this week, but next week. So a bit of pressure on Dono to have another good game. I thought he stepped up well, started attacking the line last week. So that was a good step in the right direction. You know, not a complete conformance, performance, but much better. Tane Edmund, back next week. Heard it here first if you haven't heard it anywhere else. <laughs> good insight, though. All right, um, well, uh, on to the drawer. Do you want to look at some of the drawer selections? Yeah, no, look, I, this, this back row, I, I would love, I think we saw it, we might have seen it in, in its entirety with Miramira, Salawa, and Darren Alangi. Um I, I know we've had yeah, I know we've had Miramira and Salawa together. We've had Salawa and Darren Alangi, and we've had Miramira and Darren Alangi, <laughs> I think, together, but not the the three of them all on the paddock at the same time. Um and that's that's a pretty formidable back row. Um and they're all phenomenal athletes. The the one that leaves out is Tamani. Um Who's is is absolutely phenomenal as well. Do you know what I like to see? And Kovato, man, I reckon he's been absolutely sensational as well. Like, there's a few options there, and I think to be honest with you, Joe Tamani's arguably their first. No, look, I shouldn't say that. Canavari's been exceptional, but uh, he's one of their first picked forwards. I just don't think you can pick a team without him. Although, you know, arguably they can slide him in at lock as they have once before this season already. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Tamani in there at, uh, at lock with uh, Nasila Silla. And then um, you have on the bench, you have Cricket Devetta and you have uh, Kanakabata on the bench. That's not as his well. name, mate. That's not his name. But look, it was a couple of weeks back. Actually, it could have been the last time you were on the podcast. I said, put Joe Tamani in the locks. And you go, they've never done it. I don't see how they'll do it. And they did it that week. So if this is the second time we're saying it here and it happens again, guys. What do you think? What do you think, guys? They just play like their entire back row as their whole forward pack. Like even the Silla Silla just drop to the bench and play Danica Bata at lock as well. Because <laughs> the Tars are big, mate. They've slowed down a little bit. The way to get around them is to tie them out. Sure, you just run those five as the loose five and just have a crack at them. Yeah, there's they've got the loose 23, no matter who they pick. They 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 are the, the most freakishly fit athletes around the field um, and pretty much all of those guys we've mentioned in back row, they're all splitting images. They're the same height, the same weight. Um, like legitimately, it's quite quite crazy how, how many of them are relatively big, fast, fit guys. 
I'm actually I'm really hoping to see that this is this goes back to the last time they played, which was at Super Round. This was uh, the Tars drew at Super Round was probably the most physical match of the weekend. Oh, I don't know if you guys remember it. Absolutely but, ridiculous. But the the drew were absolutely hammering the Tars everywhere. The only Tar going forward was Gleason. That was one of his first stellar performances. Um, but I'm hoping we see some more of that on the weekend because that was unreal. Can I ask you guys in the back three for the uh, Andrua, who would you guys play at the moment? You know, they've got Ravid Amata's been phenomenal and and I expect back from injury. I thought Joe Sesser had a brilliant game as well. And then you've got the likes of um, Rakuro, who had a killer game two weeks ago. You've got Aroni Sal, the sledgehammer, who Kagi's, you know, it's his favourite player in the world at the moment. And uh, and 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 others, you know, Asafa Masi can play over there as well. How would you guys set it up? Look, I, I would go. I think Ravatamata and Drasesi pick themselves at right wing yeah. and fullback. And uh, Taniela Rukuro is um, he's a youngster who was kind of brought in. He's not. I don't think he's on a full contract. Um, but he was brought in. Yeah, two weeks ago, an absolute blinder. Last week, unfortunately, just the ball never came to him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. If you're asking me, I'm going to say Aroni Sal on the left wing, the sledgehammer. You got to get him on there. He's just got to be in and amongst it, mate. He's he bring. It's just even the the mana he brings to the team, his presence, you know. So um, whether or not he's delivering the field, mate, you can't say mana when it's a completely different language and culture. Um, I didn't but, know what the yeah. word was for that in Fiji in in Fijian. So yeah, that's that's fair. Um, look, but no, I, I think you're probably right. I, I do think it's probably Aroni Sal filling that third jersey um, on the wing for me at the moment. I'm trying to think back. To, to who else has been there in the past. It's not Marcy. I'll tell you that. Marcy is a centre, and he looks so much better every single time that he runs with a 13 on his back. Um, so, yeah. Y- Yosefa Marcy. Yeah, Yosefa Marcy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is nice tips. Tips. How's it going to go? I'm going I'm to go out there on a limb and say the Tars will get this one done by probably 15. Blow out yeah, of the end. I think there's been some good glimpses for the Tars. Uh, the consistency now of being at home another week and, and getting some wins under their belt. Um, I, I think it's going to be another good one for the Tars. And I'm going to say something very drastically different to Harry, 14 points. Oh. I was 100% going to say 14 points. So now I'm going to have to take 13 points. Good. <laughs> okay. Tars by 13. At least we're close, guys. At least we're close. That's Guys, true. last game of the week is the Force versus the Brumbies. For the Brums, I think Ryan McCauley, sorry, for the Force, I think Ryan McCauley will be out. It looked like he had a pretty bad left shoulder or left pec injury. Um, no no real word on exactly how bad that is yet. Manasa Mataeli was the wounded man with his hands strapped and his, uh, and his pirate eye covered as well after getting kicked in the head as well. So we think he'll be back because all that stuff, I assume, will just settle through the week and he'll train lightly. But obviously uh, a, a big a big one for them if they do lose him. I know that there was some concern about Kiribiji when he was playing that he might have been injured, not at 100, but apparently he just took a cork in the first half. He was able to run through it, so they weren't too worried about him. So I th- I'd, I'd say you'll see him back again. And then for the Brums, I think Nick White, I think there's no chance, surely no chance he plays. The bloke looked like he couldn't breathe and he was about to pass out for about 30 minutes after he got hit in the chest. And that was about five minutes after he looked like he had an ankle sprain or a high ankle sprain as well. He was the walking wounded. I, he wishes he was Matteo at the end of that game. <laughs> it, was, it was a real concern. Um, watching him, I thought he should have been going to the hospital with how he looked. But 
Um, yeah, look, I, I think an interesting one for the Brumbies here for me is we haven't seen Valentini have a rest in a very, very long time. Yeah, you can't rest Valentini, man. Every week, let him just let him go again. <laughs> let the boy play. So, you, you haven't heard it anywhere else. You heard it here first. I reckon Valentini is going to get a rest, and we're going to see Tom Hooper get a crack in that six jersey. The other name that could be thrown in, um, Harry, is is Charlie Kale, who he looked good when he had a crack, but I think Tom Hooper. Is 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 a leader in the lineup for them and, and a really really good player. So I, I think he'll he'll have a crack. Yeah, I mean it's been since round five as a last rest for Valentini. So he's only had one rest, which means he's absolutely due another one either this week or or before the season ends. Yep, I've picked it, mate. I told you. Yep, very good. Speaking of uh, resting in the forwards, um, what about James Slipper and Alan Alatoa? How are they going on rests and? Uh... Uh, with the like i'm not sure when the last time they had a rest was but um and i'm not saying this is necessarily the game to do it i'm just thinking that i feel like i've seen them playing weekend i think same thing for slips it was round five Mm. i I think alatoa might have had a rest more recently than that all all i know is he's actually uh, longer again mate he's round three and four he's he's been having a rest in my fantasy side that's what he's been having like (laughs) beginning But yeah, so we could we could see them uh, sit on you know sit on the bench or have a have a full rest. Um, for I, this I don't game. think the force. I don't think the Brums will feel like they can afford to to make mass changes against the force. Like I think that Probably. they know every week. To I think they've got the Chiefs and then the the Rebels to finish the year. I think they might make a couple of small tweaks. You know, one or two changes mo- at most. I just don't think they'll feel like they can make you know rest all their their big guns. We're only talking a couple of changes. I mean, Valentini definitely needs one. And you've just listed two props that, you know, definitely need one. So you're going to have to Nick give White it as well, though, mate. They're down Nick White. I was going to say, I hope they don't do what they did with the Crusaders when they just, you know, waited for the game they thought they weren't going to win and rested their entire team. So if they do, I hope they don't do that for the Chiefs. Just go, oh, we'll rest everyone against the Chiefs. We'll give that I game up. I reckon they don't rest the soul against the Chiefs. They they can win they can win it and get a home final, mate. They're yeah. not going to rest a single person. So it's going to be this week or it's going to be the Rebels. So I think that's where your your couple rests are going to be split. All right, Caden Neville, where's he been around? Um, has he been injured or he's been rested for a bit? Yeah, no idea. Nothing has been posted. I get this. I'm suspicious that is that he's injured. Put it that way, but mm. uh, no no word whatsoever. Okay. He's got to be yeah, Nelson nailed it. I think we're all excited to see Tom Hooper get in there, but otherwise, yeah, they've got a few extra back rowers. Lukey Reimer, Rory Scott, another name. I think is he still out? Or has he just been? Uh... No, again, again we, don't, we don't know if it's been more a, a case of Jerome Brown being fit, so therefore they've decided to actually give him the extended run. But, mm. um, yeah, let's just they they seem to have just disappeared. They've dropped him from the squad for the last few weeks and, and no reason as to why whatsoever. And so, all right, and I guess in terms of the uh, the outside backs, the only real change is so obviously Ryan Lonigan to start at halfback. Um, not sure who will be on the bench behind him. Um and Tamati Tua perhaps in at twelve for Ollie Sapsford we might see that yeah well. hopefully I mean uh, Ollie Sapsford did quite well and in and, and got his hands free and a brilliant offload to to set a try last week and has been really really good but I just want to see more of Tamati Tua if, if if I'm honest it's not against Sapsford it's you know in favour of, of Tua he he's really sort of grown with a, a couple of opportunities and I want to see him on the field. Yep, I, I've got a huge one for you. The Force, I think they're five in a row in Western Australia right now. Yeah, this the is, Fortress, a, mate. Yeah, I think this is a big game for the Brums to get over there and actually beat them. Can that streak 
be challenged like they, they, they really are making it a spiritual home and a, a a real hard hard hurdle to to get over at least it's not the hardest to blue drums. So well, that, you got nothing. also there a couple this is a couple weeks in a row as well but look they've, they've got a win over the Ndrua, they've got a win over the highlanders they've got a win over moana pacifica and reds and rebels that's their last five so you'd probably say they're the lowest five in the last 12 months in terms of quality and it's a big step up to then be able to challenge at the brumbies so this is where you know they can claim this is a real fortress if they can beat the brumbies there is no arguing that it's a real fortress you just yeah, let me change my tip with that line i'm not gonna lie well i was gonna say mate they're not beating the brumbies but um look uh, talking about the four let's get on to the force then um i think max bury's been pretty solid um yeah steering the ship around I um I, I quite like him. He's he's taken it to the line a couple of times. Sometimes by choice, sometimes just by necessity. Um, but he's got a very very good kick on him. Um, you can tell he's had a couple of years uh, more to actually mature than some of these other young players that got thrown in the ten jersey really early. He's only just slightly older than Ben Donaldson, um, and, and there was already reports going. Oh, this needs to be looked into how the Waratahs let this guy go. I mean, I can tell you, Ben Donaldson, Will Harrison, and Tane Edmund, plus some other young guys coming through, they've got big names. But Max Bury, I think, looks like he is quite a quite a good, solid 10. Um, and I hope he gets a, a good run for them throughout the back end of the year. And he'd been forming quite a good partnership with Hamish Stewart. He'd been leaning on him quite heavily. And apparently, I don't know if they're living to get flatting together, but um, they're best mates off the field and just... Um, Stewart providing a lot of assistance, um, you know, helping him guide the team around the park, which has been really good. Um, all right, if we don't see the pirate Manasa Mataeli on the wing, um, we'll Kibberi on one, and do we finally see Rupeni Mataeli come back on the? <laughs> no. Um, well, Tony Pulu. Who knows? Because Tony Pulu had that really sickening concussion a couple of weeks back. They said he'll miss several weeks, so obviously they they picked out as bad early, but. He may all well be back in fit as well. You know, it's just there's so many. They're dead. You know, there's no resting policy in their outside backs or in their wings. But you'd swear there was from the way their season's <laughs> been going. Like there's only ever been two or three fit. So I think by default, if Matelli is out, Tony Pulu will be fit. Yeah, yeah. Just by the way their season's going, I'm back yeah. as well. I'm surprised Nelson hasn't spoken about Sam Spink yet, just about how good he's been. Maybe because he's no longer in, in your fantasy team, Nels. But Sam Spink was also, you know, has been. <laughs> One of the form, probably the form player in the back line for the force. Don't mind yeah. Sam Spink versus Lanikatau this weekend. You know, he was mm. probably the player that we thought he was kind of in the mold of. Obviously, Lanikatau is just an exceptional test player as well. But Spink's got a bit of Ikatau about him that just, you know, like that overs line that he likes to run, solid palm, smart in defense. I think it's going to be a good matchup. I hope they get to run at each other a few times. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I, Spink's a lot bigger. He's a bigger bloke. Ikatau plays big, mate. He does. He does play big. You can tell it looks like he's grown an extra inch or two in the last couple of weeks, if if we're honest. And he's actually <laughs> seeming more mature and, and more dominant in, in contact. But, yeah, Ikatao's 180. Sam Spink's huge compared to him. He's 182, Kagi. So um, <laughs> I think he's got a few KGs on him as well. But, no, they're, they're pretty pretty similar moulds Harry and I were chatting about on the weekend. Yeah, no, he's he's short, but he's heavy, Sam Spink. He's a heavy, he's a big boy. Um, 102 KGs. He's a bit, yeah. a bit chunky. He is. And we, um, we surely Madrano's back. I, I assume that was just a rest last week, right? Like, I think that's pretty huge for them. If they can go Tom Robertson, Falafang, uh, and Santiago Madrano, that goes a long way to nullifying the Brumbies' scrum. 
And then the only question is how the hell do they defend against the Brumbies rolling mall, which I don't think they have a good answer for, to be completely honest, but that takes a big weapon away. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say that there there won't be any issues, I think, competing at scrum time, but yeah, the rolling mall... I mean, I thought the force have been a really have had a really good line out all season as well. So you know, yeah. hope, maybe they'll get up and contest. Jeremy you know. Williams and and Felix Kalapu have been stealing mm. a lot of ball, so I think it's yeah. not a bad tactic. But how many times can you roll that dice as well? You know, I think there's going to have to have some really yeah. really solid D anywhere within probably thirty five meters because the the Brums are just way too deadly. It'll be all about discipline and Tizano making ninety thousand tackles uh, and steals this game. Um, he hasn't missed one yet, Tizano. So uh, hopefully he keeps that up. If Falafanga uh, starts, how many times do you think he's calling for the rolling mall attempt against the Brumbies? Oh, every mate, they'll be thirty meters out. He'll be like, he'll be kicking please. to touch himself. Yeah, he'll. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We'll see him starting the fifty twenty twos. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's out there a couple of extra hours at training during the week. Just That's right. How good. All right. Well, how do we see this one going? Um, I'll go ahead and, and uh, pull the trigger on this. I'm going to say the Brumbies going to win this game, going to break the uh, the five-game streak at uh, the HBF Fortress, um, but not by heaps. You know, I think the Brumbies, whilst, you know, they eventually put on some points at the end of last game, I don't think the force will fall off, hopefully, in the same way. So I'll say Brumbies by... Oh, I'm still going to go Brumbies by 12, but yeah. Why are you doing this uh, to me? Yeah, I'm gonna say the Brumbies by 16. I, I I love the force. Brumbies building towards the back end of the year. Um, I, I think they'll they'll get it done. They building in the back end of that last game to me showed that you know they they've got another level if they need it, and and we're gonna see it more and more in the back few weeks. Brumbies by 10, few rests, it's going to make it a bit harder for them, and I think the force at home they do grow an extra leg as well, so it's going to be uh. A Brumbies win, but the force won't let it go easy. Where's the extra leg, Harry? Is it outside the other leg or is it in between them? This is a family-friendly podcast. I don't want to talk about this. The tripod. Um, excellent. All right, well, look, that that rounds out the main course, previewing round 13. Um, do we want to talk about anything for dessert here? Or are we, uh, we, are we had one. We did have one. I, I, I want to do some des- de- 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 desserto. What's a god do with that? Desserto. Do what? Do what? We wanted to talk about the pros and cons of the Wallabies nines and uh, who might be picked. Nelson, you and I were talking about this after a few uh, red wines at the at the Tars. Obviously, Nick White has is is the first choice nine for the Wallabies. I think he's had quite a quiet year because he's been able to. Like, I feel like he's just kind of cruising along until finals and Test footy personally. Um, but uh, do you guys want to have a crack at the pros and cons of uh, let's say Tate McDermott first? Hi. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think Tate, as good as he is in test match footy, he's he's a nine you bring off the bench. You bring off for some spark. You know what I mean? He's just... I, I, is I he the be... nine you bring off the bench? I'm not sure he is because I think similarly Jake Gordon... bring Jake Gordon's like uh, in between a Nick White and a Tate McDermott on the end of the scale. You know, he's uh, he brings spark and he can play that way, but he also can, you know, play a bit more structured footy. So... For me, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, I personally think we're going with Nick White and then I would be taking mm. probably Jake Gordon um, on your bench. Um, but I I'd mean, um, love to see Tate, though. I was saying when when we chat about this that there's something that Carter Gordon 
and not Carter Gordon, but he has it too. Um, Jay Gordon has, and that's the ability to just capitalize on any little mistake. Literally, the t- both Gordons have a very good ability to do it. They've both scored a bunch of tries this year. Just mm. capitalizing on any tiny little mistake um, and, and to be able to finish those moments off and to be able to do that on international stage, um, that can be, you know, a, a make or break moment in a in a really tight game. And, and obviously international games, are, you gotta, you got to grind out those points a little bit more. So to be able to get those, you know, right against the run of play is is massive. And I think that's something that Car- uh, that Jake Gordon offers better than any of the other nines. The, the work that Tate McDermott does is phenomenal, but it's much harder for him to score that try, you know, pick and go through the middle. Uh, mind you, he keeps us on the front foot, and, and that's a that's a real strength for him. But I just think, I think what you're getting at is if you're playing Ireland or you're playing France or New Zealand, the opportunities there for a nine to dart at a defence that's a little bit lazy around the ruck probably doesn't exist, mm-hmm. whereas... Jake Gordon's the bloke that scores because they dropped one ball, you know, and he just happens to be the man on the spot, Johnny on the spot, runs 70 metres and scores a brilliant try. And I think if you're going to look for an X factor late in the game, that's the X factor that's more likely to happen in test match footy. Yeah. yeah. Which is my, sad. My other question, though, is um, well, my other worry for Tate is that it's been a few years now he's been around the Wallabies and I don't think his kicking game has really improved. I think mm. his decision-making is better. You know, I think all the nines in Australia know if you get a turnover, that little dink over the top is a favourite of all Australian fly, uh, scrum halves. But uh, other than that, I'm not Tate has a very strong kicking game. His box kick's still weak. Um, he's not bad at kind of running a bit like uh, Isaac Fines, at taking five or six steps sideways and then looking for space. But I just, again, I don't think it's the kick that is going to help you in test match footy. I think Jake Gordon's probably developed a little further in that area. But I say that knowing full well that he shanked the hell out of one on the weekend. So I think you'd have both got some work to do. Do you take two or three nines with you into your World Cup? Three. You do take three. I'm pretty sure Eddie in the last one only took two. He did, but it was because Matt Giddo could play at at nine and they knew that they could bring someone in. I think it depends on who your nines are as well. My, My... my big thing here is if you have two or three, if you have three nines that can really play at this level without having to be around the team, then no problem. You know, if Will Gania wants to come back, no problem. You can rest him and pull him in late. But the problem is that I think both Tate McDermott and Jake Gordon or Ryan Lonigan as well, I think they need to be with the squad as the third choice to be competent and comfortable if they get called in. Nick White's the only bloke who you could call as an SOS after an injury and he'll just turn up and play well. So I, I don't think that we have the luxury of picking two because of the fact that our back three all need to be confident and comfortable in the squad. Well, then that, that leads us perfectly into the question of your third scrum half. Are, we, are, we, are you picking Ryan Lonigan or are you picking Tate McDermott? Ask me after this week, man, when Ryan Lonigan gets another 80 minutes, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't think we've seen enough of him. I don't know how you could possibly pick him for the Wallabies off, you know, a handful of 30-minute performances. I think he's solid. I think his kicking game is solid. His work rate is solid. His pass is solid. But we haven't really ever seen him under the pressure cooker. And we're going to turn up to a Wallabies, uh, to a World Cup with a Wallabies 9 who's barely played any top-level footy in the last, well, in his career, and hopes that he turns it on. Like, I, I just don't think we'll take that risk. Yeah, I'm 100% on, on board with that. Look, he's a very, very good player, and next year he gets his crack to to put his name up in lights for the Wallabies. And it's not this year. 
Um, I mean, there's, there's a small chance that he goes, I take both the Brumbies halfbacks and know that they, they're both the, probably their safer, stable, you know, smoother pass and things like that. But now I, I think back end of a match, he's not the one that you want. You know, if the, if the game is not going your way, there's two other blokes that can do it and they're the two guys I'm going to take. Yeah, I think yeah. If, if that happens, Noel Alessio is playing 10. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very good point. That's look, yeah. my thoughts are the same. Look, Ryan Lonergan, I'm not sure how he got into the a sneaky look into the, the Wallaby he's good. squad. He's we good. Just, he's good, but just haven't seen enough of it. You know, I think they talk a lot about um in, down in Canberra about his his leadership qualities um and just making really good decisions. And obviously he's got a he can kick for goal and things like that. But um I don't know. I just haven't seen any stand particularly standout performances yet. You know, I haven't seen him turn an entire game like you have Tate McDermott. So I think for the World Cup, you take Tate as your third guy, you play him against Portugal. Maybe off the bench against Georgia, and then it's Nick White, Jake Gordon against Wales and Fiji, and then on yeah, to look, the semis and finals, I, I, of course, when we get to the finals. You. I'm on board with you. There's a, there's a lot of people that will be able to argue the, the Tate over Gordon, and, and that's fair enough for different reasons. I think it is fair enough, um, but I, I wouldn't be on board for really arguing Lonigan over the both of those two. Yeah. yeah. All right, gents. Any further any further points for dessert, or can we can we call, can we give it a wrap uh, and call it a night? I think we just um, tars, we go... that's probably my one line. Three in a row, about to be six in a row, then nine in a row. What a season! What a season. The tars. Um, I just want to remind everyone that um, Kagi's coming last in fantasy footy. So, thank you. Excellent. That's good. And PSA, uh, get after service us... announcement. On YouTube, on Instagram, TikTok, every social media outlet. This is all we do now. This is our full-time careers. Uh, so if anyone wants to donate to us, we are broke. We're having to sell our houses. Things are grim. So uh, to sell yes, please, please get on, like it, share it. We, we need it. We need it. Oh, good. We'll catch you in the next one. Oh, yeah. Over. Yeah.